Hello and welcome to another episode of A Slice of Health, the Candid Health Chat podcast, where we slice away health truth from health fiction. Join me and my friends as we challenge common health myths via chit chat, powered by several cups of coffee. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media and do visit us at a sliceofhealth.club. Let's get to today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Slice of Health. Today I have Dr. Ivier Okwa, who is an obstetric and gynecology resident in London. Ivier, do you want to say hello? Hello. Hi. Hello everyone. She's a bit shy. Hi. So please show her some love in the ratings. <laughs> and you can also follow her on Instagram at askanobgyn and make sure you show her some love on there as well. And we also have joining us today, Dr. Sindhu Naidu, who's a respiratory resident in London. Say hello, Sindhu. Hello. Okay. Hi, Sindhu. And we also have Tobura Reese, who is not a medic, but is going to be able to share some information from a general perspective, really, on our subjects today. And today we're going to be talking about douching. Is douching safe? Is it recommended? And is douching with water superior to douching with other substances? So what do you guys think? Don't do it. Please don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah, no, I do not think it's safe at all. I wouldn't recommend douching to anyone. Okay. Is there a reason for that? Well, I mean, we know that douching, basically your vagina has a normal pH. It's got normal, it's got its own bacteria in there. So both good and bad bacteria. And the vagina is supposed to be a you know slightly acidic yes um normally but using water to douche sort of interacts with the ph of the vagina yeah. allows basically abnormal bacteria to grow and mm-hmm. predisposes you to infections yeah um so yeah definitely would not recommend douching what about sort of well i mean because okay so we're saying douching with water but then there's a lot of feminine hygiene products out there which are basically doing a similar thing really in terms of cleansing your vagina so would you say douching with those products are superior to douching with water so i think we need to first like define exactly what douching is Mm because some people don't really know what yeah go ahead what what definition would you like so it's probably not a set in stone definitely i'm probably not gonna find it in the english dictionary type (laughs) of thing but uh, the way i would just what i would actually using any product so water whatever it is to clean the inside of the vagina so there's nothing wrong with cleaning the outside in terms Mm -hmm. of what we term the perineum so like the labia and all of that that is perfectly normal to clean with water Mm -hmm. but when you start cleaning the inside of the vagina then you're you're asking for trouble yeah so cleaning with water or cleaning with other feminine hygiene products even though they say that the the ph is balanced or whatever that it does affect the the type of bacteria in the vagina so it's not something we generally and what about you sindhu have you heard of women using anything sort of interesting to douche other than water yeah i think lots of people use like home remedies like yogurt or like apple cider vinegar yeah Yeah. apple cider vinegar that is acidic as hell inside the vagina yeah because they say the vagina's acidic right 
you tell me. Yeah, yes. no, it is acidic. So they say using something acidic won't disrupt the balance. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I, I just know the party line that douching is bad. I've never heard of people using apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Inside yeah. the vagina. Yeah. That's, and so the, the origins painful. yeah, so the origins of douching are actually very weird and convoluted. But like a hundred years ago, they started using douching with water, salt, foam, and vinegar. And it had like this hose attached to like a little pump. And women would put it on the inside of their vagina to flush things out. And it was used as a contraceptive as well up until sort of like the 50s to, um, as a contraceptive. And so post-sex... The 50s? Yeah. In 1950s. 1950s. And um, a lot, they also sort of recommended it for prostitutes as well, obviously, who were trying really hard not to get pregnant they also recommended it as a tool to avoid sexually transmitted infections back in the day as well um and these things were recommended by doctors back wow. in the day so much so um i actually have the statistics actually glad medical so, science has progressed hey? well yeah i know so much so that in um what year was it there was a specific year that women started using um coca-cola um as a douche and we're saying that it was an effective what? contraceptive. What? And in the 1980s, some Harvard doctors decided to do an experiment mixing Coca-Cola with sperm to see if it was actually a spermicidal. And what we mean by spermicidal is something that kills sperm, guys, because we try to avoid jargon on the show. Yeah. I'm so intrigued by the results <laughs> yeah. of this study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so people have carried on sort of lots of really odd ideas about vaginal cleansing, contraceptives, you know, infections, things like that throughout the years. Who thinks that the Coca-Cola was effective in any way at all? Do you know, I reckon it would be Coca-Cola can kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we actually talked about this on um, like, the Apple a Day episode and we we're talking about how Coca-Cola is actually really good for cleaning the toilet as well. Is a really good toilet cleaner. But what percentage of sperm would you say that Coca-Cola would kill? And you said 80, what do you say? I said 30. 30, what does Tobora I said 80 as well. 80. With Sindhu. So it was 50. It was 50%. 50% of the sperm were killed by okay, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, it was only classic <laughs> 50, Coke. 50, 80. Yeah, 50. So Actually, it was only classic Coke. So classic no, Coke, yeah. You never yeah. know what happens when you add a bit of cherry in there. Yeah, so no cherry cola, <laughs> no diet Coke, just classic, <laughs> just classic Coke. But guys, that's not a recommendation to try um, as a contraceptive with Coca Cola. Yeah, and so like I had a, I had a bit of a look as well actually into sort of like the ads that existed back in the eighties, um, and a lot of them were sort of. Um, bullying women into using different kinds of um, douching products so that they smell nicer for their husbands as well. I'll be honest, I didn't know that douching had all these interesting origins. I thought it was just people's, you know, sometimes you might just be a bit ignorant. You don't have the knowledge to know Mm -hmm. that cleaning your vagina, you think, oh, it has a funny odor. What I'll do is I'll clean it and it will smell better or whatever. Whereas you're you're probably making the odor worse by increasing the amount of by increasing the know. amount of it yeah definitely yeah, oh, terrible what? bacteria so i didn't realize it was all this like trying to force women into 
using it as a contraception or to like, yeah and like, as things to try to avoid sexually transmitted infections as well vagina. yeah it is, it is <laughs> it's, i think women through the ages have suffered quite a lot actually to be fair like i feel as though they've had a really rough time of uh-huh. a lot of things as well so but like if we went back to sort of douching with let's say just water what are the other than so when you're talking about this ph imbalances what kind of other things can happen yeah. what, what are the main other side effects so yeah so as i said the first thing would be the fact that your vagina is usually acidic so yeah. using water which is got a neutral ph yeah. you're 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 uh, messing with the the ph of the vagina but also things like bacteria so back to back back related to the ph yeah. in terms of when your vagina is acidic you have a normal flora of bacteria that yeah. you know grow in the vagina there are also bad bacteria in the vagina but yeah. the acidic ph of the vagina stops those mm-hmm. from basically overgrowing yeah however when you alter the ph of the vagina you're now letting bacteria which shouldn't be you know allowed to flourish in the vagina to yeah. grow and those can not only give sort of abnormal vaginal discharge it can it, they can also give like funny odor to the vagina um and occasionally if you are you know using sort of hoses and things like that to douche you can cause these infections to track up into the uterus yes. into the fallopian tubes um and you know end up with sort of pelvic infections as well yeah exactly and so in terms of you know putting things into your vagina so pelvic infections pelvic inflammatory disease bacterial vaginosis is actually something that commonly occurs with women who douche quite a lot as well yeah so that um, is the overgrowth of the negative yeah. bacteria that bacteria. would be so that is something that does commonly happen and have you ever seen women try to use anything interesting to treat their excessive vaginal discharge have you ever come across any so in modern day modern modern settings have you ever seen women use anything interesting um i mean to be honest, do I think there's a lot more awareness around douching, especially mm-hmm. around younger women. So not it's not as common as it is in in, in older um, in older women. generations. So I've not seen anything particularly interesting. But I know Cindy was just saying that she's seen people use yogurt, mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar, and things Savlon. to clean the vagina. I have that before. So I've so seen I people think... use Savlon down there. Um, I've ah. seen people use Sudocrem as well. But then people yeah. say, no, they've tried Savlon, they've tried Sudocrem. And I'm like, but why? And, they f- and these are little home remedies that people feel as though, because they use them for cuts and, and grazes and little infections. Yeah, skin, but it also applies to the vagina. It also applies to the no Savlon into your vagina. No Savlon in the vagina. No, no apple cider vinegar, no yogurt. Just no. clean with, in fact, just clean the outside of your vagina. You do not need to go inside. So your vagina is a self-cleaning machine. How do you clean the inside of your vagina? This is like normally just clean. It cleans it itself. It, yeah. So it's a self-cleaning machine. Yes. It cleans itself. And yeah, in terms of women having excess vaginal discharge, what kind of, um, what advice would you give them? So if a woman had sort of excess vaginal discharge it wasn't sort of her normal because every woman has a normal vaginal discharge at different times of the yeah. cycle. so yeah uh, coming up to so, i mean as you said discharge 
discharge your vaginal discharge will vary depending on what part of your cycle you're on yeah some closures of ovulation might become thicker mm-hmm. after that it might become slightly thinner again so it does vary um if you are having excessive vaginal discharge um it might if it's foul smelling and things like that you need to investigate what the cause for the discharge would be um if it's sort of some you know a lot of women will know when they have thrush because thrush has a classic sort of appearance in terms mm-hmm. of it's you know cottage cheese it's it's quite itchy as well so you mm-hmm. can just go to a chemist and get some canister and try and, treat and for people yourself. who don't know what cottage cheese looks like could you please describe it in a bit more detail oh god i love describing go discharge. ahead love Thank describing you. Some discharge. white it's like white clumps basically white clumps of discharge yeah 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 okay so why yeah white white clumpy and it's also quite itchy as well yeah yeah quite itchy um so yeah you know if you have sort of the classical thrush type of discharge you can just visit a chemist get some canistin and treat it yourself however if you have if you are having sort of persistent vaginal discharge that's foul smelling i would say visit your nearest you know your doctor or sexual health clinic to have um some swabs done to investigate because you know, all sorts of things can cause discharge. It could be a sexually transmitted infection. It could be as a result of, you know, as we're discussing today, douching, so bacterial vaginosis, which is not sexually transmitted. Yeah. However, can cause yeah. vaginal discharge and, you know, which is quite foul smelling. So, and these things, it's not, you know, it's not life or death. They can all be treated. So don't, you don't have to suffer in silence. You can get it checked and you can get it exactly yeah so don't go around with vaginal discharge that's been ongoing for six months because you're too embarrassed to talk to someone about it guys please really yeah Yeah. okay and what about sort of people who are in thrush do you have any advice for people who sort of have recurrent problems with thrush i mean we do see recurrent thrush quite commonly i think some people are just more predisposed to having thrush and like you know as i said the simple things in terms of treating it but there are also some lifestyle things that you can you can practice to try and reduce the likelihood of um getting thrush so we were discussing earlier like things like not uh not taking long baths Mm -hmm. um you know wearing wearing cotton underwear so it's more breathable yeah um and just yeah just basically taking certain lifestyle measures to reduce the the, your likelihood of getting it yeah and also something also that can sometimes cause recurrent um thrush guys is diabetes so if that is um, something that you've been experiencing as well it's always just important to have your um sugars checked just to make sure yeah that's true you're not predisposed um to diabetes your medic hat on yeah so yeah so make sure that you have that checked as well i have a quick question for toburo because there's something that has been um on the rise in quite a lot of circles toburo have you heard of vaginal steaming vaginal steaming oh my god yeah i saw something the other day on twitter or instagram about vaginal steaming and you could also have a vaggie facial vaggie facial yeah yeah (laughs) what (laughs) yeah yeah and do you know anyone who's sort of experienced like gone for you know one of these treatments at all no i don't is it something that you offer no i'm not (laughs) why not why okay so why okay so you'd go for like um you'd go for a facial why wouldn't you go for a vaginal steaming 
Yes, I would go for a facial. Yeah. So it's just sort of apparently sort out like your ingrowns and, you know, make your fanny look more attractive. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's neither here nor there and my fanny is beautiful, (laughs) however it's presented. (laughs) Um, But also, I guess obviously people have really bad ingrowns and I don't have problems with that. So I guess if you did, then maybe maybe you would want to do that but then the steaming steaming sounds like it'll be like sort of comforting but you could just do that on a bucket if you really wanted to you could do it at home like why would you pay that is douching to me it sounds like it will mess up the ph yeah and you will then get thrush and yeah. end up crying yeah. <laughs> so basically over the past couple of years it's become vaginal steaming has actually become like really you know and it's it's been raved as oh well it's not douching it's different because it's mainly the steam that they use and uh Gwyneth Paltrow is actually one of the people who sort of recommends it and they're sort of like a an advocate for it and and apparently they do it in a lot of like northern parts of um of Africa um and in certain parts of Asia in the Middle East as well and you basically sit on like a clay pot that has like really sort of obviously it's got a bit of steam in it and they mix in herbs into it as well so they put some basil oregano chamomile warm wood and you sit over it for a prolonged period i'm not gonna lie it sounds quite yeah, nice it's like, <laughs> it like, quite nice and like soothing but i don't know so yeah <laughs> it does <laughs> pardon and so they sit over it for a prolonged period yeah. of time and it's supposed to help you know down below for a steam it's supposed to help with like period cramps it's supposed to help the appearance of it as well um keep things warm help with those pores help potentially help with your pores and lots of things like that and so but how would you feel about having that much steam going towards your vagina Right. My first question is, where is the evidence? If there's well, no evidence for it, then well, I, 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 I don't, don't want to know how they're going to collect <laughs> evidence for this. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be collect <laughs> evidence for vagina. Do a study. Do a study. Um, <laughs> no, I. To be honest, the way you've described it, I can see why people would do it. It sounds very appealing. Like mm-hmm. you know, just go down for a bit, have some steam, and you know, just nice smelling things pushed up into into your nether regions but it does not sound like it would be healthy for your vagina for your vagina yeah yeah to have all to have all these kind of steam i mean firstly there's i can't imagine it would um affect period cramps or affect uh vaginal discharge in any way or form Mm -hmm. um things like oregano and basil yeah um and in terms of like, yeah, it's a bit suspect. Yeah. And um, in terms of in terms of increasing your risk of um, bacterial vaginosis and things, it does sound like it would affect the pH of your mm-hmm. vagina. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I don't know enough about vaginal steaming to be able to categorically say. Yeah. But yeah. Guys, just leave your vaginas alone. Let them clean themselves. That is the way they were designed to to perform. Just just leave the vaginas alone. Okay. 
Cindy, do you have any advice regarding vaginal steaming? I've literally not heard about it until now. Yeah. Um, but isn't like the thing is, how does this? Uh, yeah, it just sounds really odd. And <laughs> I think I think it's just because we know so much that douching is really bad for you. Yeah, steams basically water as well. So getting all of that up in your vagina is probably not great. Yeah. And also, like, why would you want to boil your vagina? <laughs> you're not boiling it; you're steaming it. No yeah, but it's the same thing. You're making it really hot and stuff. Yeah, and it just yeah. doesn't sound that great. Like, if a hot bath isn't good, like, good for you, then yeah, no, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, I, th- I don't think anyone here is impressed with the idea of vaginal steaming. I'm not steaming. impressed with the idea of vaginal steaming. But I suppose it then brings us back to the second question that we were going to ask today. <clears throat> and that was, are your periods supposed to be painful? Because obviously a lot of women will go to any length to try to eradicate painful periods. And so are periods supposed to be painful? Like, As an ONG resident, do you feel that in your experience, are periods supposed to be painful? So, pain is relative, I would say. Okay. So, during your periods, we, you know, we would expect people to have sort of mild discomfort. You should have cramping and things like that during periods. Mm -hmm. But having sort of very painful, severely painful periods, that's not normal. Okay. So, the answer is no. Your periods should not be painful. They can be uncomfortable. Okay. Okay. And when you then say how how then would you then grade pain because obviously there's different people have you know such severe pain i heard a lady the other day on tv saying that her stepdaughter had really bad period cramps that she she ended up fainting just because of the amount of pain that she was in she actually she actually fainted so and obviously these are things that you know people have you know so severe pain that they can't go into work they have to cancel meetings and things mm, mm. so how would you then grade pain in terms of okay there is um discomfort here or it's supposed to be you know it might feel like a bit of a nuisance mm-hmm. but for it to then become a debilitating illness where how 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 do you grade it so i mean as a doctor i have to take the patient's you know the patient's experience of their pain yeah as as is basically so pain is subjective mm-hmm. if someone comes to me and says oh i'm having very very severely painful periods for another person that might be mild pain yeah. but to the person who's saying that the periods are very very painful then i take that as severe period pains mm-hmm. and we, we manage it like that so yes it's relative and yes but at the same time it's subjective so however it's being described a lot of times we ask you know we we use the pain score as a you know on a scale of one to ten ten being the worst pain you've ever yeah. experienced and you know obviously the closer you are to ten yeah you know it's subjective so mm-hmm. we take it based on how 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 it's being described basically okay and what sort of recommendations would you then give to people who are having quite severe pain so let's say they're not at the ten end of the scale they're sort of at a four to five what 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 would you say advice wise. Well, if they're having sort of four to five um, pain with their periods, yeah. then that sounds to me more like uh, like a mild, dis- like a discomfort basically okay. with their periods. So just simple remedies, simple like analgesia, mm-hmm. um, paracetamol, ibuprofen is usually quite 
um, useful for period pain. So we say like non-steroidal, like anti-inflammatory drugs, so things like ibuprofen. Sometimes people have naproxen um, to try and reduce the amount of pain um, with their periods. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say sort of simple analgesia will usually do the trick, and it's usually it's you know it's usually in the first few days, so two to three days of the period, yeah. and then settles on off. And then it settles down. But then what if what about ladies who that is not effective anymore, and so you know they're going up into the eights and the nines, and they can't go into work, and so two days of every single month they cannot go to work, can't go to uni because they're in so much um, agony. Is that is that normal? So, I mean, that's definitely not normal. Missing days of work because of period pains, you know, that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So in those sorts of people, you want to think about what is actually causing the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there are various causes for severe period pains. Yeah. Um, a lot of women will have endometriosis and not realize. Yeah. Um, fibroids Could you tell us sometimes... a bit more about endometriosis? You just mentioned endometriosis. For those of us who don't know what that is. Could you just elaborate a bit on so, that, please? <laughs> so, endometriosis is basically um, so you have the tissue that grows in the in the normal lining of the of the womb, and so mm-hmm. the lining of the uterus. There's tissue there, and sometimes that tissue, instead of remaining only in the lining of the of the womb, will also grow in other places. Yeah. So it can grow in the fallopian tubes. It can grow in the ovaries. It can grow in the lining of the pelvis yeah but it can also grow in places like the bladder the bowel um so that's quite severe endometriosis yeah um and why it's so painful is because every time you have a period that tissue rather than being only on the inside of the womb and causing a period there it will also bleed whatever location it's in so you will have bleeding from that tissue be it in the bowel be it on the on the bladder in the pelvic side wall um and so yeah it can be very painful okay okay and then you were about to mention fibroids as well which i think most of us are sort of aware of yeah so fibroids i mean fibroids less commonly cause painful periods a lot of women will have fibroids and not realize that they do have fibroids yeah um but um but yeah, so if, if if you do have very large fibroids that are causing very heavy periods, they can also be they can also be painful. They can also be painful. Um, and other things like adenomyosis, which is quite similar to endometriosis, but the lining of the wound is growing within the muscle of the wound. Yeah. That can also cause pain. Yeah. so there are various causes for painful periods so if you're at that sort of eight nine you're not able to go to work because you're on your period then we need to sort of think about what is causing what exactly what is, is causing pain. what is causing your pain okay and so when we then find out that okay let's say you've got endometriosis what 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 can we do to sort of manage your pain because obviously you're going to be having a period every single month for the better part of your you know mm. your life before your 50s so what can we then do to make that a bit more comfortable for you so i mean we tend to start with more conservative measures and build our way up so we're not going to go straight for okay you need a surgery remove the whole womb oh no 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 it's actually not if you're 21 you want to have babies so exactly yeah Yeah. so we usually will start i mean a lot of women with endometriosis can have it would be the same simple analgesia things like naproxen yeah um ibuprofen those can all be helpful with painful periods um but if they've tried that and that's not helping um 
you know, we, we would generally recommend sort of hormonal methods. So that would be either with the contraceptive pill or having um, like the implant or the Mirena quail um, inserted to reduce, um, to reduce, basically to control the ovulation and reduce the amount of periods that you're having. Yeah. With the Mirena quail, it's quite useful because most women, so 90% of women at a year will have no periods at all. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously if you're having period pain and you have that is such a dream no period for the next five years fantastic it's very dreamy yeah yeah they you know we would try with the myrena or with other hormonal methods such such as the pill um and if that is still not helping at that point then we would consider sort of um like a laparoscopy so this is where we look inside the womb using um basically using like a keyhole method using a camera um and look inside the pelvis i should say um using a camera um and we can at that point try to excise so to remove um any endometriosis lesions that we see at that point yeah um and we tend to it's quite difficult though because think about endometriosis it's you excise it 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 can always grow back so what we what we do recommend is when we excise it at that point we put in something like a myrena coil to keep it at bay bay, from the point where we've excised it basically Yeah. yeah that's great that is great thank you so much dr aqua for uh this chat it's been it's been really helpful it's been really great i'm just gonna ask sindhu to give the people a call to action regarding douching and their periods sindhu do you have anything to say to the people i mean i think uh evie has uh, um, explained to us about all the reasons why we shouldn't be douching so what was it which you said earlier stop doing it don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. stop <laughs> doing it guys stop doing it and does Tobura have anything to say to the people regarding their douching vaginal steaming vagina plasties vaginal facials <laughs> <laughs> don't do it basically just to reiterate what Sindhu and um, Ive have said is it's not worth it it might feel nicer in the moment but <laughs> The drama that ensues is not worth it. So it's not worth it. Great. Just Great. stop. Also, I suppose that's something that we might need to talk about later as well in terms of drawing the line as to are you actually doing this to cleanse or are you actually doing it for pleasure in terms of douching with water and all of these steam things? What what exactly are you trying to achieve? But um Evie, I'll leave you to give the people a final call to action. Regarding douching, well, mm. I would definitely say there's no evidence that it helps your vagina. In fact, all the evidence points that it harms your vagina. Uh, We've talked about things like vaginal discharge, um, infections, foul odor. So there's no reason really to continue on. Clean the outside of your vagina with a little bit of warm water. There's no need to go digging for gold inside. Just stay away from the inside of your vagina. It will clean itself. It will clean itself. That is lovely. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. And I hope we'll have you again on future episodes. Is that, are you going to promise to, to come back? Uh, yeah, yeah, Yay! yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And make sure you guys show her some love on her Instagram page at askanobgyn. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Remember that this podcast in no way replaces the advice you receive from your own doctor or physician. 
Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media. Leave us a review on iTunes so that others can access the amazing content. And do join the club at a sliceofhealth.club where you will also be able to access the profiles of the guests we've had on today. And don't forget to be a health champion wherever you are by separating health facts from health fiction.